0: Welcome to the Self-Helpful Podcast, where we break down the classic and cutting-edge wisdom of self-help to discern how to actually make positive change in our lives. I'm Kevin Miller, and this is our Functional Friday episode, and we're talking about audio input, and I'm with my co-host, Randy James, medical doctor and functional medicine expert. And we are all listening to messages that program who we are and how we feel nearly 24 hours a day. Uh, Even in our dreams, we have thoughts and audios going through our minds. But we have control over the vast majority of all these messages. All day long, we're listening to two things, the auditory messages from every direction that we tune into or expose ourselves to. And often from them. We continue to listen to those messages as they play inside of our heads as thoughts. The social media and news headlines are fighting, the snarky memes, the negative bent of most media, the complaint of friends and families and coworkers, the music, the videos, and on and on. So much we're putting in. I mean, if you built a house, would you build with wood and steel and brick or with just a bunch of garbage? I mean, every day we're building our minds and our attitude, literally how we think, how we feel, our joy, our happiness. So what are the ingredients you're giving your mind. Randy joins me to discuss the effects of our audio input and how it impacts more than just our mind, even our physical aches and pains as well. And he sees it every day with patience. The main point here is how you can help yourself be well by safeguarding what you hear and listen to and ultimately think. If you find value from this self-helpful podcast, please subscribe, leave a review, and best of all, share something you learned with somebody else. It'll help you both. You can always find me at kevinmiller.co. Next up, Dr. James and I talk about audio input and how we are programming our days and our lives for victory or defeat. Being a bottled in bond product means it must pass a list of seven requirements that set the standard for this quality bourbon. So look for it at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely and drink wisely. So as I started off, I said this in the intro that when we talked about input from a physiological standpoint, it's hard to beat that what we put in our mouth is not, you know, the primary issue. So psychologically though, the, our minds, the programmings of our minds, our daily attitude, our daily confidence, I mean, everything, I don't, it it feels safe to say that audio, what is coming in our ears today, what happens today and and what's in there from the past is number one for our mental ability. Yeah. And,
1: And on that, I just thought I better write that down, but I'm glad you said it that way because really, to put a medical word in there, it's called the default mode network. And that's not going to be something that people talk about all the time, but uh, it's kind of like an operating system in your computer, if you will, where the way that your brain thinks is based on how it has been thinking and one of the things that we know about is when you think you actually do hear a voice there is an yeah your the light up area of your brain will be in the auditory place as you think something and so this is the physiologic reality and and so how now that we know that how do we then think about the future because the past is the past, but I want to be becoming a kind of person with a different default or a better default mode network to where when something happens, I'm more likely to respond with a kind word rather than an angry word yeah. or a good habit rather than a bad habit. So, so you're right, so many inputs and, and this auditory one is, is a little bit more hard to grasp Outside of just normal, you know, music that I listen to.
0: Well, I think that's what I, my first thought was the external things that are going to come into me this day. So today I'm going to wake up. Actually, I'm going to wake up from my brain chewing on something all night. It might even be a dream. I've got input coming in right there. I'm going to wake up and I'm going to have that first thought and it's going to be, ugh, I got to get up. Or it's going to be, yay, I got to get up. And there we go from then on. And this culmination, this cacophony of what? audio input is going to come in to me today face to face one, you know, just like you're talking about, you know, whether it's music or talking to your kids or spouse or at work, what is going to be coming in? And then what is the ongoing monologue that's going on in my head? So again, just like we did in show four, where we talked about, Our visual diet. So our our diet. So today as everyone's listening to this. You will have incurred however long you're awake today. and, And again, even somewhat as you're asleep, but you will have incurred an ongoing dialogue of audio, whether it's in your head or whether it's coming in externally through your ears of auditory input. So a diet, what came in and the Effect of that is is what we're talking about today because it's dramatic. It is dramatic It it affects our confidence our hope our joy our peace our everything to some degree It is like you said it is the programming are we sticking a virus in there hard drive? I guess that's old school now or are we putting something good like the matrix, you know Or what are we jacking in there something good something bad and we're jacking stuff in all day long So we're gonna try to run through and do justice to what are some of the primary? Aspects of that, but then also hit on what are the what are the core, what are the things that are the the most impacting. You and I talked about it, and we'll get to those as we go through so I, we can go you know is there a chronological order whatever i mean you know from there there would be from that what do we come in externally today what are we all gonna we can start there i mean externally you're gonna start yeah with that alarm clock is that a that is a oh, stress right there stress producer is it good music is it uh i mean these days you can probably program anything you can start off with right, somebody singing your lullaby I, I i don't know i'm being facetious i have a little my, i have a timex watch like you and it just has a little beep beep and I, I I don't know if there's a benign thought about it. I just okay, it's time to get up, and I'm looking forward to
1: what I'm going to do. Right when when you said that, you know, is it the UG or is it the YAY? And I would say for most of us, it's the it's not an UG or a YAY. It's the norm mm-hmm. that um, or or maybe I'm I'm arguing that it ought to be the norm um, that it's part of this default mode network that you you go to bed at the same time, you get up at the same time, relatively speaking, and it's part of the The habit, the rhythm that's going on in that first waking moment for me, is going to be mostly dependent, uh, you know, is it, a, is it on the good side or not, on the not-so-good side, based on when I went to bed the night before. Yeah. True. <sighs> How, like we said last time, you know, the, the beginning of the day starts with going to bed. Yeah. That's, that's not the end of the day. And so if I've prepared well, then those first sounds in the morning are just the normal reality of, okay, time to get up, and yeah, I use the watch, and I think I hear it within the first few seconds. My, yeah. I think, you know, you don't know, but it doesn't wake my wife up or anything. And so um, one of the things for me in these last few years, because I did suffer, I think a lot of listeners will say, oh, it's the worst part of the day. I hate that. First moment of getting up, that uh, we hear that from a lot of people.
0: That's what I feel like you see on the sitcoms and the whatever, and it's this. Ugh, I got to go to the job. The snooze, (laughs) yes, and you snooze it as much as you can until you wake up at the last minute and rip out to do whatever. And we all, I think, I hope we all know that that's common knowledge. That is not a healthy way to start. That is not a positive way. So, what can you do to change that?
1: Well, I think you and I have a similar experience of in our you know five, six, seven years ago when. In our own, you know, uh, guys group, and saying, "Hey, what kind of guys do we want to be becoming?" And one of those things was, I, I hate hating the morning. Yeah, I want to be getting up and look forward to my devotions, look forward to some quiet time in the morning and alone time and those kind of things, or exercise time or whatever. Oh. And that,
0: so it, it that changed it for me. I mean, that that changed it from the sleeping as long as I could because I've probably been up too late the night before. Uh, sleeping as long as I could to the last minute. And then you got to come up and just kick butt to get out there. And that that was, I did not look forward to those mornings. It was when I, and it was your inspiration when I got up, whatever, an hour earlier and had that time. And so now I look forward to that because I get silence. I get to think, I get time seeking out my God, reading, you know, the scriptures or reading a book that's inspiring, or sometimes just looking out the window and I just Love, I love the peace. So that's my first auditory. Really, is just peace for you. I know you do coffee first thing. Maybe the percolating of the coffee gives you a joyous sound. Or if the windows open, like for us up in the Rockies in the summertime now, I hear the wind blowing through the trees. Uh, I mean, so many again positives as opposed to yeah. Are you hearing cars honking? Are you uh, an alarm clock that's grating? Are you right away flipping on the news? Uh, which oh, we yeah. think, hey, yeah, to stay informed, and it's the news, and it's death and mayhem. I mean, folks, if you have not heard it by now, if it bleeds, it leads, always has been, I think always will be top rung of the news. They're going to look for what, they're going to look for drama. It's like Days of Our Lives. It's, it's drama TV. They're going to look for that uh, as much as they can and put it in there, even when it's not really relevant news, because it just gets more listeners. So if you turn that on, that's what you're doing doesn't mean don't go listen to the news but my gosh i would i don't if i do look at it it's going to be 10 a.m after i've gotten into my positives
1: i think we can argue that medically speaking and that there is value to waking up with that rhythm that there is detriment to waking up at the last minute and the first thing you hear in my house would be the you know grumbling kids that now i gotta drag out of bed and gotta chide them along all the time and and we stopped that too so i said hey look guys i'm waking you up earlier (laughs) yeah going to bed on time we're gonna up and if you want to lollygag throughout the morning great it's relaxation time or whatever but i'm not gonna i'm not gonna push and you're gonna grow up and and help me move things along and that was also a great relief. And if they don't want to make a lunch, then okay. Mm-hmm. Um, well, the the news cycle in the morning. Uh, there, I remember the time when I, I had made the decision in my own life. I just can't listen to that. It, it 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 just. I had a patient yesterday say, you know, that's the first thing her husband said to her was something about you know the political something or another, and just, she's just like, I just told him I wanted to go water my flowers. I thought that was a great, yeah. you know, I don't want to start the day this way over breakfast and and all of that. It's not burying your head in the
0: sand. It's being in control of your own rhythms. Pro- I probably just think again, what am I programming? Because yes, I have my silence. Well, okay, let's go. Now we, we can't just stick with the internal because right there, start of the day, uh, the thing I'm trying to alter is the voice inside my head which is either my voice, it could be somebody else's voice, it could be my spouse's wife, or my spouse's wife wow, I know my spouse's is. voice <laughs> let's hope that's not Freudian um, but it's, it's that voice inside my head that I'm trying to direct and I literally will do it, I, I'm, a, I'm a writer if you want to speak out loud, whatever, but I'll journal and I'll write things in there, it might be my affirmations, it might be hopeful things, whatever, I'm trying to control that voice in my Head program and wire that. And then generally the next voice, or at least from a spoken standpoint is generally when one of my kids comes down and I get to choose then what that first literal out, you know, outward audio is. And it's what I speak to them. Am I speaking encouragement or am I saying, Oh my gosh, why did you sleep too late or whatever? I get to choose, which generally I think as we go along with this, as with all the input, generally the biggest ones, well, that's not true. As I was going to say we get to choose, but as soon as we get into the work day and we're with other people or with our, our spouse or whatever, there's things happening that we don't always get to choose. We get to influence. Well, we're going to get into that here in just a moment. But.
1: Right, Because what we're going to get into is what if the adult that we're talking to now grew up with a yeah. admonishing, chiding, whatever parent that they still hear? <sighs>
0: Yeah. I mean, and this is deep water folks. I mean, we're, we're not going to, again, this is not a psychotherapist session on our past. Uh, we do know I mean, when we come down to it, what is probably the, what is the most impacting auditory? It's the stuff we've received in our lifetime that we have made a relationship with, made agreements with, as you and I have talked about so many times through the years. And that's that mental tape that plays in our head and and, and to the crux of that. That's what we need to be striving every day to alter that inner voice. But one of the big ways to do that is by what we choose to allow in every day externally. Uh, so if we spend the day listening to inspirational music, whether that's classical or whatever it is that inspires you, if it's you know, classic rock, whatever it is, but something that inspires you, that's feeding good things in good literal words, in, whether it is a podcast, whether it's a, uh, a, a whatever those do alter us. Sure. I, I think that's what we just take for granted. We, we assume that we, we are who we are and we don't pay attention. And there's
1: nothing you can do about it. Yeah. And, well, and that, that's not the case.
0: It's not the case. It, you know, going back to our episode on input orally, I think we would all, everybody knows that, man, you put in a donut. Let's say you just pound in five donuts. Is that going to help you? Make your taste buds happy for a minute, but you're probably going to have indigestion, be burping up grease and whatever. And it's going to have a sugar rush. We all kind of know that. What are the mental Donuts. What are the auditory donuts? Uh, we
1: haven't th- <laughs> we haven't quite thought about it that way.
0: Well, but but we I think that's what we don't take into context. Thinking about man, my gosh, I've gone for the last five hours. I drove into work. What was I listening to? Was it talk radio? Was it the news? Was it a radio station? Was it some kind of music with good lyrics or not? Or Was it even silence? Or was it silence? Sure. It's, and, and- was it silence? But I was hearing the knock in my car, and my anxieties at level seven.
1: So we are we're we're heightening up the. The awareness yes. of what's going on within somebody's mind and how that affects how they be. And this auditory input, even if it comes from within your own mind, uh, and, and sometimes the, the, the frank necessity of silence, but so many people out there, when silence happens, it drives them crazy. Mm-hmm. And they just have been taught, oh, yeah, I don't like silence, i got to have noise, whatever. Many, many times that's a signal that the default mode network, or meaning how you be, isn't good, that there's that there's a problem there. And like you said, we, we start to get into psychotherapy or, you know, psychology or something like that, But we're, and we're trying to stay in the practical to say, be aware of that, uh-huh. that if you can't stand silence, that's a clue, that something... Well,
0: Well, let's let's go on mid 1600s. It was it was Pascal. He wrote all of humanity's problems stem from man's inability to sit quietly in a room alone. This is mid 1600s. And we're coming now and saying, gosh, we've got all of our gadgets. We've got constant input that we can get. How much less than that many years ago are we enabled? which is why we're seeing. I think one of the reasons we're seeing this huge. Uh, phenomenon of focus on meditation, on being present, on silence, on, oh my gosh, stop the input, stop the input, stop the end point. But again, auditorially, think that'd be a great thing to do. Think about your, your normal, everybody listening right now, your normal day, how often, there, it's probably in, impossible to get silence unless you make a big concerted effort.
1: Well, I was just going to say, you say it's a huge phenomenon and I would say it's one of those things that a lot of people talk about, but people don't do agreed and remember how we you're joked po- and
0: you're pointing at me Here, <laughs> <laughs> <I am. laughs> yeah.
1: and we we've you know you as a case in point well me too and we joked at the beginning that one of the things that we do want to say on our podcast is hey folks the best thing you might be able to do is turn us off sit there in the sound of silence yeah. and where is your brain going to take you and and some, and I would argue, and like we said with our, our time in the mornings as, as we, and as, as we go to the bed too, that there is a, um, a date or a, a, it's on our calendar that these first few minutes or whatever else will be spent in silence or solitude, not in boredom, not in uh, a, a shackle of silence or something like that, but the... The blessing of silence. And again, I know a lot of people are hearing that and saying, like Blaise Pascal, I don't want to be with myself. I start to hear negativity. I hear
0: the sound of my, uh, you know. I, I, that's the note teacher, I just father, wrote down. Whatever. You say silence, and you said, you said uh, where will your brain take you? I'd say chances are 99% of the time, your brain will take you to the next voice inside your head and oh, it's yeah. uh, the next you think of it as a thought, but it is a, it is a voice that came somewhere. I mean, if we were all born without ears, well, I guess we have people who've done that and they learn to take in some input. Very difficult. I mean, well,
1: even reading when you read it translates into a voice. It's uh-huh. when you hear purely auditory, it will light up one side of your brain. But when you read, it'll hit, um, uh, two different areas. And it's funny that you're looking in that book uh-huh. because the other, the black and yellow book, mm-hmm. also says the same thing.
0: Oh, does it really? Right. I was, I was looking for the picture in here because he has a picture of uh, of Morgan Freeman, and it has a statement. Oh, over is it the other book? Okay. <laughs> he has he has a, he has a, a picture. You Just
1: heard this in my voice.
0: Yeah, you just read this in my voice. I mean, it's always it's always a voice. I mean, I think I think we get it. And again, yeah, we could spend uh, talk about a psychotherapy, but I mean, it is. That's a great. That's a great place. That when you are silenced, what does the voice come up? Is it positive or negative? Whose voice is it? Is it you talking to yourself? Is it you agreeing with somebody else? Because to some degree, and this is not a scientific podcast on the percentage, but what sa- you know, what programming do we have from our parents, siblings, friends, teachers? Now in today's world, probably a, as a grown up, your spouse or your coworker, your p- business partner, your boss, your manager, Spiritual. whatever. What? Well,
1: yeah. What what, What voice do you hear as God, as the overarching um, focus of what truth is, and how does that come across to you?
0: What are the average daily auditory things that we are kind of like what you talk about from a, we mentioned it on the podcast about oral, you know, what is what do you put in your body that it, that it, ne- that it doesn't need? What do you not put in your body that it needs? And so often what's the average day look like? That first stuff, is it media you're putting in? What music are you listening to when you end up at work or at your place of employment or whatever you're doing? If you're a student, whatever, what is coming in? What are you you allowing choosing to, or allowing to come in. Uh, we can make choices on most of those things. And whether we choose, instead of hard rock, we choose something more peaceful or positive or a a podcast or silence or whatever. Uh, but then, you know, the big one that is going to be difficult for a lot of people is the people that they're around. If you're at a place of work or in a home environment with people who you can't necessarily control and is it positive or, or is it negative? That's a that's huge, that's a huge, that's where the rubber hits the road. And I mean, I have known, I think we've all heard stories. If we have an experience of ourselves, of people who have finally left what they call a toxic work environment, right. generally that's it. What's the toxicity. It's what they are hearing. It's what's what mm-hmm. being told to them, or even it's the water cool chatter. Is it a negative or a positive environment? At the end of the day, have they heard more positive, encouraging words, or have they heard more criticism? I don't think we can withstand it. Maybe that's the, mm-hmm. the thing is really, we, we cannot. There is, it's going to manifest. Well, right. You can't
1: withstand it and and have no consequence for Mm -hmm. sure. Um, The, the positive or negativity of that, you know, especially with other people around us, we don't have control over, but we do. So today's point is to say, be aware of it. And that's the first step is okay. I'm now aware that goodness, when I go to work, the the consequence is, is is whatever it is that my my heart rate goes up, my, I start to sweat, I just feel uncomfortable, I get a headache, or those might be overt, but even just I don't like my job. Mm-hmm. You know, do you go to work and you just don't like your job? That that's a that's an input into this brain. Much of that is coming in auditorily through your boss, your coworkers, or even yourself, the constant, Oh my gosh, I gotta get this done, oh my gosh, I gotta get this done. And And to be aware of that so that you can be becoming the kind of person who is better, weller, uh, more inspired, those kinds of things. Uh, Sometimes you can't just flat out change your toxic home environment or toxic work environment, but you can start to edge into what can I say? What can I do uh, to be more successful in this environment? Easy to say, very, very hard to do.
0: It it is, it is. And we, you know, we've had times of, I'll go to my home life in my, in my home with my wife and my kids. And there have been times when she's been like, Oh my gosh, Kevin, it's just, it feels like this overbearing spirit from you where you're kind of dominating the conversation, dominating the kids. That is an auditory input she is receiving and it is harming her. To some mm-hmm. degree. And I've had the same thing with her. Maybe she's upset at the kids and there's this berating tone and, and I'm realizing, man, it is, why is this bothering me? Like it does. But w- that's the kind of stuff that we need to pay attention to because it is going to manifest in our spirit, in our attitude, in our stress, level. And so looking again at that daily diet, what are the things? And as I was thinking through this, I was thinking of, you know, it's obvious to, to put the things in, you know, what do we allow come through our speakers in our car, in our office, in our, whatever, what do we participate? Gossip, um, is mm-hmm. such a huge one that tears people down, but we don't give that much control to it. We either hope that we're not part of it or we try not to participate in it. it. makes me think of Dave Ramsey. Most people know of Dave Ramsey, the financial guru and in his, I don't even know how he does this with HR laws and whatever, but there is a no gossip policy. If you're caught participating in uh, gossip, I think you can be fine fired. Something. It's a big deal. Mm-hmm. He has put that much gravity on the detriments of gossip, which we would just say is negative audio programming, right? Yeah. Negative input
1: through your ears. There's a negative consequence. We all know this. Our mamas all taught us this. Uh-huh. And yet we live now in a culture where gossip is, is now international through your phone. In a sense, oh, like, you know, the, in
0: the uh, checkout aisle at the grocery store. That's when I see it. It's on the front it's on cover the of the Inquirer or whatever, and I learn something <laughs> about somebody that I don't even want to know. <laughs> yeah.
1: and and I was going to mention that's the input of noise. Yeah, the cacophony of of, of gossip might be one of those kind of things, you know, the music might be other kind of things. And to control, we can't have this perfectly silenced environment. We can't have a perfectly controlled Mm -hmm. one, but if we're aware that what's going into our brain is being perceived by the brain as noise, as dysfunction, as harmful, then, then take some steps to change it. Yeah. And again, you can't just Say something and make your spouse say the other day. We yeah. know that. This is not a pie-in-the-sky kind of thing, but the awareness must be there first. Then the conversation can happen in a
0: constructive way, and then you move on. And the I think so much, it's, it's one of those things, too. What we speak uh, is a primary auditory input for us, and we can choose what we participate in. Uh, we had a, uh, gosh, we, we were doing some stuff with the kids a couple of days ago and Terry was talking about new, new scheduling and new homeschooling stuff and everything she would propose. The kids would come back with kind of a, oh, well, what about this kind of with a negative? And finally we were both like, oh my gosh. Th- we got to kill the spirit. We are auditorily creating a spirit in all of us of this negativity. We've got to reverse it. How about kids? You come up with stuff or, or when mommy does, let's talk about how could that work or what just, I mean, those are, those are, there were, there was a guy, it was a marketing person. I can't remember who it was, uh, that I, I reiterated in some of my own business deals of saying, look, we're going to come up with, we have an idea we're going to present right now, a concept we're going to present right now. Any of us can shoot it down. We're going to spend 30 minutes, and during that 30 minutes, the only thing you can offer is a way that it could work, even if it's the most preposterous thing out there. At the end of that time, exuding that spirit, speaking that auditorial, auditory language and attitude, we're probably going to rock our, ourselves on how, the amazing ideas that we came out with to make it happen. If we can't, well, then we know it can't, but we're not sitting here battling each other on The negatives on the critics, anybody can come up with the reason why something can't work. The kudos go to the person who can figure out a way to make it work. So that's only so, but again, so we're talking about some, you know, psychoanalytical methodologies, but this is auditory and it go back to where we started. This is massive programming for our brains. And from that, it's how we behave, who we are.
1: Right. And that just makes me think how big the first programming is of of the home that we were brought up in. And so in that context I think also on the health side as we you know work with patients who it's such a huge amount of depression and anxiety and these kinds of things have not all of course but some of their roots are buried in those first messages that we heard from zero to 10 ish and 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 they can't be unprogrammed some of these are hardwired in now but that doesn't mean that one is predestined so to speak to be depressed Mm -hmm. awareness can happen and and we can change it and so so whereas it might be more difficult for somebody who grew up in an awful environment to to change things it's not impossible it is possible um, and at the same time, now we have to balance it and say, okay, well, if you're wallowing in the mud here, you can't blame your parents for the, you know, not letting you go to your friend's house some afternoon and telling you no, or whatever you perceived as a punishment or something like that. The balance here is infinitely delicate, is infinitely malleable, and we live in a society that does not like to live in that tension. We want to be able to blame Oh, yeah, that was my parents' fault. Or we want to be able to easily say, here's was, the way out of it.
0: I was going to say, or just ignore it and think, no, I am my own person, man. I, I am me and me alone with no influence. It is impossible. Mm. I think it is impossible. It's impossible not to have the programming, whether the programming was just abandonment and that you weren't worth paying attention to, whether the programming was you're, you're good for nothing, you'll never grow up to be anything. and you're- Or
1: the programming was... You're the awesome kid I, I, ever, and okay. you, you get a trophy in the
0: first place for everything. Okay, well, because I can speak to that. That was me. I had high expectations. Kevin, you are above average. Kevin, you excel. Everything. Kevin, you're mature. Great things. How can you fault my my parents, my amazing, godly, loving parents for that? You can't. I, however, not, the, not everybody would do this. I drew that in, and I embraced that as my identity. And so now I imprison myself in the pressure that I had to be the best. I had to be above average and there's arrogance and pride and ego and just pressure within that, that it wasn't until my forties that I realized, why am I reliving these patterns over and over and over again? Obviously there's a lesson in there that I have not learned. And it was the first time that took me to going back to understand, not to go look for, and dig up dirt. Cause it wasn't dirt, but to go, gosh, this happened. I embrace that in an unhealthy way. Mm-hmm. I, I can say it's on me or I, I don't think I could blame them. But let's say I did either way it happened. So now I know it's there. Can I just what you said? Can I unprogram that? No different than the person who was told that they're good for nothing. Can they unprogram that? I don't know. But if we can be aware back to your term awareness, we can be aware. Can we reprogram reprogram or just, or move beyond anyways, kind of that. Do it scared. Do we ever not get to where we have no fear. I don't know. But if we can get it out on the table and say, okay, I, that exists. I'm going to go do this anyways, yep. do a different thing, go a different direction, which, I mean, you deal with that every single day with patients of saying, okay, now we've realized this, we're aware of that, but let's yeah, not right. cater to it.
1: Yep. Let's, let's go a different direction. It, it's that tension. Yeah. It's the balance of, uh, because sometimes there's going to be somebody who needs to just acknowledge how awful things were back then and acknowledge that maybe blame does, you know, if if, if we talk about physical abuse, then of course we're going to say, well, yeah, that was wrong and it shouldn't have happened. You can't change the past, but you can change how you are thinking about it in the presence. And when we say the word thinking there, what we're saying is the auditory inputs within our own, between our own two ears, Yeah, that input, it won't be changed overnight. It's like the example we talked about earlier, if somebody says, my goodness, I never realized that my, uh, my backhand on, on the tennis court wasn't as good as I thought it was, and then I, I heard myself, I saw myself, or I didn't achieve the result I wanted, I hit it out, we don't berate that person, we say, go practice, Yeah. get a coach, somebody who can point something out to you
0: which in this case might be a counselor or might be whatever. I I like that because it's almost, you're you're talking about ignorance. I like the word ignorance. It it means lacking knowledge. It doesn't mean stupid at all. It means lacking. So you're, you're ignorant of that until you are made aware of that. Now I think it's our responsibility to look at our lives, audit our lives and try to find out what am I unaware of to ask somebody, whatever, and become aware, but we don't need to berate ourselves for literally just, we just, we were never exposed to that knowledge. We need to seek it out and look for it. but that's it's not stupid it's we don't need to i know but we're going to berate ourselves i mean you know all of this i do want to as much as we get into the depth of what's going on in our heads that Jointly, like you talk about, is it this or that? It's both. It's it's dealing with that, but a, a big way to do it. Zig Ziglar's famous for saying, "You can change what you are and where you are by changing what goes into your mind." So today, I'm going to wake up, and hopefully, I'm going to do a little work to lessen. The, I don't like to use this word, but it's so a stark one that everybody knows. That to deal with the demons in my own head, and a primary way I can do that today is by altering the stuff I can control, the external. Auditory inputs in my head by listening to something inspiring, watching something inspiring. We have all seen a movie or been at an event or something, and we come out feeling like Superman. Man, when I was a kid and watched Rocky, I could have beat up anybody. Man, I was ready. I was going to take up. I mean, you're so inspired to just do well. Likewise, we expose ourselves to things that just diminish us. And so, what is? We're almost kind of to that thing of what is reality. But dramatic degree of what you make it. So how you're going to walk today in confidence, in peace, in joy, in hope—all those things you can so radically. It's almost shameful to me how much I can change that in myself by what I expose myself to. And if I go expose myself to much of nothing or negative, I I, I feel I'm the worst. I, I'm shameful. I'm not confident. I can't, I'm sometimes blown away at how bad I can feel and emo- how hopeless I can feel. And then in a, in a short amount of time I can alter that. It, it is. I've never thought about that. Randy, it's just, it almost, I'm like almost ashamed of myself. Like seriously, am I that fragile? Uh, apparently. So I would say we all are,
1: or is it just me? And, and like, I just admitted no, no, that. All- <laughs> I was just going to say that when, cause you just had a wave of awareness, mm-hmm. but most of us, all day long are walking through the fog of unawareness, yeah. not it, it, you know the, the word ignorant kind of hurts right it 's just it 's not stupid, not something like that, but unaware you don 't know what you don 't know, and if you don 't look for it, you don 't know it and that that 's where I think most people aren 't having those waves of realization they 're just doing the next thing mm-hmm. and these days, like you and I are talking about with our kids all the time, the next thing is. It's not morally bad, it's not morally awful, it's not morally whatever, it just is. And, and then you do the next thing, the next thing, the next thing, before you know it, you're just crashing into bed and you gotta do the next thing all over again. And and people wonder, who am I, how did I get here? What in the world am I doing all this for? And it's, it's starting with those kind of mm-hmm. moments of lack of awareness until, generally, something bad happens. Yeah, And, and it's shocked, this is the disruption, or, or whatever else. Or, hopefully, and that's, as you and I have talked, the voice of awareness, the voice of reason, the voice of hope, or something like that pops in there to say, you don't, you don't have to wait for something bad or something awful, but be becoming more aware of this both-and tension that we're all walking into all the time, every day. And for me, and I think for you too, that, that's where our mornings became so critical to start this day off, well, again, going to bed on time, to be becoming the kind of guy who can start Mm -hmm. a day off at 5.30 and think through the fog to anchor myself into into truth and reality so that when I hear the news or I'm doing my job or I'm waking up the kids or we're going to school or whatever, it's already in that context, Mm -hmm. not in another context that I don't have control over because it's just the, the world washing over me
0: gosh the world that's a the world wash that there you go right there i mean you just maybe that's the title of the show the world wash. that's what's going to happen if we don't control it no different than if we don't plan out that we're going to eat healthy food, that we're going to have good visual stimuli uh, here. What is that daily diet or menu of good auditory, positive, uplifting, inspiring, life-giving auditory that we're going to put in? Because if we don't, it's going to be over here. It's going to be nothing or it's something bad. Even to the, you know, do you have a buzzing fluorescent light above your head eight hours during that? That's not, that's worth putting headphones in and getting something, you know, out with. That this is not. If we're trying to, as with all this elevate, this is not benign. So what you're taking in auditorially throughout the day and then ultimately getting programmed in there is, is not benign. And you see the effects of it every day by people spending lots of money to be in here who are in critical shape a lot of times that you're dealing with. And this is one of those big areas. And I'll never forget you having the one patient who had all these things. Uh, that you could say, gosh, these, these all need to be changed. But you said, what's I love this is about you. You come up. What is the most acute thing right now? And with this one person, you said, you need to get your adult child out of the house. Yeah. Uh, and it was the stress level. It was the, the conflict. I'm sure there was a lot of auditory stuff. Uh, which is why you're the, you know, different doctor that you are, that you looked at. This is the most acute thing. We're not going to overcome that. And I see that, that there's all these positive things. So for you guys listening, what, what are the good things that you're doing? But what are the negatives that man, you're handicapping yourself that you need to deal with
1: one just this last week that uh, kind of comes at it from a different perspective, happily married couple, everything's going great and all this uh, is going on. But the auditory input and input in this case for the, for the, for the woman, her husband snored.
0: Oh gosh. Yeah.
1: And, and my statement, you know, I know you guys love each other. I know, I know, but you need to get out of that bedroom for the next three months so that you can have three months of sleep underneath you. That's great. So that we can know all these other symptoms that you're having. I, I mean, you can't be well if you don't sleep. And interestingly that really motivated the guy, it's like go and get your snoring taken care of. Yeah, and it, it wasn't a marital problem or something like that. And, and many of us, um, you know that that's that's part of being married and, and, and all of those kind of things. So it's important. I would say, well, you can't suffer in under this snoring disrupting your sleep. There's going to be consequences.
0: Well, I, no, I want to elevate that one because it's a bit of a sore spot for me. There are. I'm gonna. You know the stats better now. I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna. Pull it out of my belly button, like you say. Say, there is a significant amount of wives, of women who are sleep deprived because of snoring husbands. I know that's. And vice versa. I mean, and vice versa. Okay, but I'm yeah. going to still pick the averages and say, because I, I know some and I, I've dealt with some. And man, at, at my home, if one of us is, well, I know what makes me snore. I know dietarily what tends to make me snore. So I snore. So I try to stay away from that. There have literally been nights where I said, honey, I just had a significant amount of ice cream. I am going to be snoring. It's going to happen. So, or it's a good possibility. So let me know. And if I, if you do, I'll run to the guest bedroom or I may just opt to do that anyways to protect her snoring. And yeah, out of this sense of duty and loyalty that we have to stay in bed with each other through the night and disrupt each other's sleep. That's a big issue. That's
1: yeah. It is for a lot of people maybe we should, and it doesn't get talked about.
0: Yeah. Maybe we should sell. Beds with barriers between them, or something (laughs) like that, to meet this uh, part of the uh, the crisis. You know, I I do want to go back to some uh, some some things that you know that I've seen. I think we've all seen this, but these are some significant ones. I remember my kids, my older kids were little, and we had just little rabbit ears TV and PBS or whatever. There was a little show they were watching, just some benign, you know, dinosaurs or something animated thing. But the kids in the in the show were real bratty. It didn't take that long of consistent watching we before we saw some of the say heard some of the same behavior some of the same words out of the kids mouths we cut cut the no more of that i mean we, again we can't escape that programming my wife when she was going uh, doing her doctorate so she was doing an online program staying late at, up at night doing that and then when she stopped or got to the end of a certain segment she kind of took a breather and found some show she liked on netflix amazon started watching it and um uh I, I didn't watch it with her. She was, she was watching it. And after she said, Oh my gosh, it's so good. She was telling me about it. And then after a little while, I noticed she, she had stopped. I said, well, what's up? You were running really that show. She says, you know what? I really liked it. It was really interesting. It was not good for my thoughts. She says the woman character, the lead character was, I think, a certain attitude towards men. And she says, I just saw felt it kind of haunting my words, you know, but haunting my thoughts and affecting me. Thought, That's the example mm-hmm. of what we don't take in. There's a car place here, one of the car uh, parts places here where I've gone to get a, you know, whatever for the car that plays this. It's, I think it's even more than heavy metal music. It's like what they would call like screamy stuff. I mean, it's just... So if somebody hears and likes that, what, I'm, I'm going to have to go in it. But man, it's it just, it's like the hair on the back of my neck is standing up. I'm going, how do they withstand that all day long? And I bet they don't even really hear it that much. It's just background. There's no way that doesn't affect them as opposed to some good silence, something positive. I mean, that stuff takes its toll. It, it's a part of everything that's going
1: in. And people have... you. I think sometimes we go a little bit too far. you remember the backward masking,
0: yeah,
1: oh yeah, <laughs> she said you know uh, nothing really came out of that because nothing was probably really there, but the the theory was this is a secret message getting into your brain and all this stuff
0: and that was, it was interesting though it's not even uh, consciously auditory i mean it's that was weird
1: I, it was weird, but I, I don't know that there was any medical proof or or anything that was that something like that was really going on and probably wasn't so again at the same time we're, we're in a balance of you can't be in perfect silence you can't be in perfect um, perfect harmony all the time the world is gonna be dissonant out there there's going to be noise but you're gonna go into it with more awareness now mm-hmm. and Recognizing in your case, you're like, man, that grungy, screamy kind of music. That is not for me. And, and, and as you raise kids, we're also going to probably say it's probably not likely the best for the vast majority of humans. Mm-hmm. And if somebody becomes a mass murderer, we can't say, oh, my gosh, you listened to that grunge music stuff back then. That's why. So we're 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 in that tension again mm-hmm. and each individual out there has got their own story, their own spouse, their own snoring, their own sleep, their own whatever, and they're going to wake up tomorrow morning with a different level of of awareness and our hope is that you lean forward into thinking and choosing, deciding what kind of inputs are going to be going in.
0: Yeah. What's the secret sauce for you? What is the daily menu that's going to work? And for you and me, it's, you know, some silence. It may be sounds of nature. I mean, we're hearing that out here, the Aspen tree that's blown in the wind as its colors are already changing. And those things that we know do that for me, music, I'm a non, almost nonstop music, uh, listener. Sometimes when I'm writing deeply, I'll turn it off, but generally I am, and I'm looking for something that fits. Uh, my mood, but sometimes I need to watch out and go, gosh, that's a good groove. What are they actually saying in, in that stuff? Cause it's, it's getting in. Uh, I think it was Seth Godin, uh, who, if you don't know him, one of the most influential names in business who talked about when we're listening, he was big, he was talking about auditory books specifically, which I don't like, I'd rather read, but he's he talking about auditory books is we're listening even when we're not listening. So putting in something positive, something that's giving you inspiration is beneficial. Even if you think, man, 15 minutes, m- minutes went by and I wasn't even conscious listening, he says, "You're listening. You're hearing that, and to think about that again when we go back to that. What what are you overhearing? Even in the workplace, are you overhearing criticism or, or judgmental talk, demeaning talk? Are you what are you listening to? Are you listen. It makes me think of like uh, you know old Jerry Springer stuff. So, you know, people screaming and whatever. Are You watching blood mayhem on the news constantly? Are you the daily diet? The daily diet? That I think the more you become." Well, of course, the more you're paying attention, the more you become sensitive to where now I realize man, it doesn't take much, uh, it's really quickly where I'm attuned to, uh, something, something bad is something negative. Whether it's the knocking car sound that gives me stress, whether it's somebody being critical or demeaning, um, whether it's yeah, music that's got bad lyrics on it, or even just a beat that doesn't feel well, yada, yada. And we're, we're tuned to it with our kids bickering that fighting that just, Mm -hmm. it's more, it's more visceral than, than just that. that, uh, That's not kind. It's like, ah, man, that makes me feel bad. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That is not, that is not good. And we deal with that a lot in the home of, are you speaking and uplifting again, life giving. I, I like that. Is it life giving or life taking away auditory? What are we doing? What are we exposing ourselves to?
1: And thinking about the kids, you know, we don't want to create children that are so hypersensitive. They can't go out into the world. But we want to create a, a, an environment where kids are not so decent, desensitized that they can go out into the blood and mayhem of the world and it doesn't affect them at all because we know it is affecting them on, on the yeah. other side of that. So, so walking in, into that balance is, is the daily task. You can't get away from it.
0: So if we look again, we kind of come up with those two things, the, the both. Of the ex, I'm going to call it. If that's is that the correct term, but the, you know, the external auditory input that we're letting ourselves be exposed to today. Uh, because it affects our internal but ultimately that's what we're working on is what is the internal thing because if you're internally rock solid how much negative stuff can you withstand a heck of a lot more than the norm but I don't know that anybody's perfectly rock solid internally and going back to what you talked about Randy that ultimately the key place for us all to be looking is what is that voice and gosh can I find what you said that when we turn everything off what is the next thing what does your brain hear is what you said what does your brain hear Uh, what a great testimony for everybody to do like Pascal, sit in a room for 15 minutes and, and think about that. Put a journal in front of you. Uh, I've never thought about doing this. And what comes to mind? Is it worry? Is it concern? Is it, is it uh, negative things about yourself? Is it negative things about others? Um, what is it that comes out? I'll often go on a hard, especially the harder run or the harder bike ride and find myself thinking, myself thinking about something negative, often relationally. It's something that I'm upset with somebody about that I haven't resolved. Why does that come out then? I have no idea, but I should be paying attention to it as opposed to sometimes I'll go out and I'm thinking about a business idea, or sometimes I'm actually noticing that I'm out in the woods. Uh, what a great thing to notice. I, I love that. What does your brain go to? And there's no, probably, there's few things more important to that for our mental well being. Yeah, we're back to that
1: default yeah. mode network. Yeah. How do you be? What is the basic programming? And it's never set you're always becoming more of one way or becoming more of the other the, the tension of the bothness that we're all in and part of our diet is this inter or this auditory from the internal source or from the external source and so the encouragement then is to be aware and i think what was life-changing for both you and i was to take control of the mornings mm-hmm. Set our default mode network in a certain spot. Another one was take control of the meal times, especially with kids. And uh, say grace or gratitude or something like that, the sound of silence then. Uh, it just changes the whole tenor of the meal. Another example of where yeah. that input changes the way that you eat, changes the way that you digest. Um, to be becoming the kind of person that you want to be.
0: I I like your statement there, default mode network, that we all have one that we're going to wake up tomorrow morning with. And then what are we doing to take control and program that so that we can wire it for the best possibility we can? I mean, that's, that's it. I think we just, there's the show right there. That's the wrap up. All right, I'm good. Let's go put something positive in. All right, friends, this is a great time to do an audit of what you're normally listening to and exposing yourself to, uh, auditorially and consider, is it lifting you up or taking you down? Is it likely helping or hurting you as you listen to whatever you're listening to? Are you feeling better or worse? What you allow into your ears and then your mind is every bit as important maybe even more than what input you allow into your mouth and your eyes. Hey, thank you again, as always, for tuning into the Self-Helpful Podcast. If you got value, best thing you can do, share it with somebody else. I sincerely hope I've helped you help yourself.